0: In a world where every diet you know is wrong. Well, not every diet. I mean... Yes, but almost everything doesn't sound as good. Yeah, but... Shut up. One man stands alone. Well, not completely. I mean... It's time for Adam Martin, the No Breakfast Guy, and Let's Talk Fast. Fasting, fitness, and fat loss. What's going on guys and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guy. And I hope you're doing what you love with the people you love and let's just jump straight into it. I'm bringing you a podcast that I did not think I would be doing this week because I had a podcast planned. And we were probably a good 30 minutes into the talk and then something dramatically changed and the guest had to run off very quickly. It's the first ever non un what do I say um unedited um podcasts I'm gonna have to um do I always do these as a one take show that was the wording I was looking for um but that's gonna have to be a two take show um we'll certainly keep the first part of it, but then at the end, as I said, the uh person I had on had to run off very quickly um and they're gonna hopefully be back at another point when we can record that but because that happened, I wasn't planning on recording a podcast this week for myself, and so I'm in a mad rush to get something for you guys. This one will be quite quick. It will still have value to you. It will still be of benefit to you. Now, you've probably seen from the title, it says, if I eat too little, does that cause fat gain, or it will be something along those kind of lines? Because what I did is I thought, well, I don't have a topic in mind for this week. So I just scrolled through the DMs that I get every single day, and the one of the most common kind of questions that I could see there and that I get all the time was something along the lines of, Adam, I've been eating like a 1,000 calories every single day for the last month and I haven't um, been seeing any results. Could I be eating too little? Or Adam, I was told by my trainer or someone at work said the reason why I'm not losing weight is because I'm not eating enough. Or something of that variation I hear all the time I saw plenty of questions in my DMs this week around that exact same question. I even think I answered a few and posted them up onto my story post. I answer so many more questions than you see me post on my stories. Um, So if you think I'm doing a lot by what you see me post, know that that's probably about 10% of what I actually am answering in the background. A lot of them are the same questions I answer over and over and over again, which I'm more than happy to do because the person who's asking them it could be their very first time in asking that question and they're very um, novice in that area. And of course, I'm more than happy to answer that for them. I get that other question as well as, Adam, don't you get bored of an- ask, answering the same question over and over? And I say this with my hand on my heart. Absolutely not. I do not ever get bored with asking, uh, answering questions. I figure if you've taken the time, to reach out to me and ask me a question, I'm going to take the time to answer that question for you. I don't care how long it takes me to get through my through my DMs, I will always do it and I will always clear my DMs and make sure I'm getting back to every single one of you. So, if you've ever got a question, please send them through. But to that question, I thought, let's do a little podcast because I get asked this question all the time. So next time someone says, Adam, I'm not eating enough. Is that why I'm not um, losing fat? Or Adam, my trainer, said X, Y, and Z, da, 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 da. I can now direct you all to this particular podcast. And so it's going to be a quick one, guys, and I could pretty much finish it up here and just say no. It's not because you're not eating enough, but let's kind of dive in just to a little bit more detail and give you a little bit more detail to that question and kind of why that kind of thought process is coming up and why some people answer it with, yes, you're not eating enough and that's why you're uh, not losing fat or not um, seeing any results on the scales. And so let's just paint the picture and you guys have been around my content enough to know that the only way you are going to lose fat is through a calorie deficit. If you have a small calorie deficit, your results will be slower. If you have a large calorie deficit, your results will be faster. But there is a big, big, big caveat to that and why people who tend to go for large deficits don't tend to see results. Now, let's explain this in a little bit more detail and give some clarification around why I say that. If you were to be someone who was just going to say, look, if 1,500 calories is a 200 to 300 calorie deficit for you, which is a you know a relatively small deficit of being 2 to 300 calories underneath your maintenance. That's something that for you is going to be quite sustainable. You're not going to feel overly deprived, overly hungry, and you are going to most likely be able to sustain that calorie deficit over the days, the weeks and the months moving forward and you'll see this gradual weight loss occur. The problem being is that most of us, most human beings, are very, very impatient. We all are. If someone sits there, oh no, no, I'm not an impatient, Adam, I'm more than happy to do the work and put in that work over weeks and months and years and wait for my result in years to come, they're lying or they're trying to sell you something. <clears throat> all of us, by nature, are impatient in some way, shape, or form. Now, some people might be less impatient than others, maybe. But the fact is, we're all impatient. We all want results tomorrow. And so if someone gives you the option and said, look, if you went into a 500 or 600 calorie deficit, you could speed up your results by two or three fold. So instead of taking six months to achieve your results, you're going to achieve them in two months. Most people will take that option. And that's what's sold to you so often when you're on Instagram, searching through the internet on your trashy magazines, on reality TV shows like the Kardashians and things where they're selling some sort of product, some sort of process that's going to fast track your results. And I say with big inverted commas up here by fast track your results. Now, if you are able to sustain that calorie deficit day after day after day, month after month after month, then yes. A six to seven hundred calorie deficit would see you achieve results quicker than someone who is in a 200 calorie deficit by two or three fold. Because 200 calories to six, seven hundred calories is three times the difference, basically. So, of course, you're going to see results quicker. But... Being in a six to seven hundred calorie deficit, especially if you're someone that, let's just say, as I said, you've got to be around eighteen hundred calories for maintenance. So, you know, you'd be a relatively small, petite female around that kind of level. So, if I was to put you down into eleven hundred calories, that is a very, very small amount of calories, and you are not going to get a whole lot of food for that. So, for one week, you might be able to sustain it because you're all motivated, you've started this new program and away you go. Great, one week goes in, you see two kilos come off the scale. Now, again, you're gonna sit there and go, whoa, amazing, I lost two kilos. Now, most of that's water weight, but we won't get into the kind of nitty gritty of that. I've spoken about all of this before in the past and why the scale fluctuates and things like that when you see in the first week that big drop kind of happen for most people. But let's now move on to the second week. Second week, you're still really going strong, pushing hard, getting through it, 600, 700 calories in a deficit every single day, but you're getting a little bit stroppy, but you hang in there because you know, like last week I lost two kilograms. If I just keep in, I'm gonna go um, there again and I'm gonna be one step closer to losing my 10 kilogram goal or whatever you're kind of um, aiming to achieve. So you're a really tough nut, you got good strong willpower, you're pushing through, you're motivated, you get to the end of the two weeks, you look at the scale, it's one and a half kilos down. You go, this is amazing. Three kilos, three and a half kilos in two weeks. I am flying. Keep going. Monday comes around. You start the week off again. Your boss is being an asshole to you. and they ha- You have a bit of an argument at work. You come home. Your kids are running you up the wall. Your husband hasn't put away the dishes or whatever it might have been that's kind of annoyed you. You've had this stressful day. You get to the end of the day. This is where the bomb then explodes you're stressed, you probably haven't been sleeping as good, but you're kind of on this buzz of a high of energy because everything's going well for you so far, but you haven't really realized that You're probably not sleeping that great because you're on such a little amount of food. You haven't been training as well, so you feel a bit kind of bleh because you haven't really been putting in the massive effort that you used to be able to, whether it's your running or walking every day or heading to the gym. You just don't have that energy to be able to put in that extra effort at the gym, so you feel a bit flat, Then all these other stresses are coming in that then send you off the wall. And what's going to happen? You're not going to likely just kind of go to the cupboard. You know what? I just need a little something just to kind of curb this stressful feeling I'm having right now. You're going to go to the cupboard. You're going to empty it out. I've been there. My clients have been there. We have all been there. Now, it might not be on the start of week two. It could be the middle of week two. It could be at the end of week three. But at some point on a significant calorie deficit like that, you are going to crack at some point. I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're a superhero, you are going to crack at some point, no matter how long you try and last this for. So what happens is you bounce hard, you have a huge calorie um, calorie input, you're then likely to probably jump on the scales the next day and see that it jumps by a couple of kilos, and you either do one or two things. You either go, well, to hell with this, I'm having another bad day. I don't care, I'll get on back on track next week. Or you throw your hands up and say, fuck it, I'm done, I quit, this is crap, I don't want to do this anymore. So let's just say you do the first one though. You don't completely quit. All you do is you say, stuff it. For the rest of this week, I'm just going to do what I want to do and I'll get back on track next week. But because you stop tracking, you probably stop exercising that week, you then go into a massive calorie surplus that week. You're eating whatever you like. You're thrown caution to the wind. Who cares what happens? I'm just going to eat whatever I like. Monday, I'll start all over again. I don't care what the damage is. Now, over that first two weeks, you've been in a huge deficit. But in this next week, you're going to probably be in a massive surplus. That as a grand total of the three weeks, if we averaged out all those days, you're probably in and around some sort of maintenance at this point. So you jump on the scales. Yep. I put all that three or four kilos I lost over those first couple of weeks. I put it all back on. I'm starting again. And then you start again. You go into this huge calorie deficit. A week or two weeks goes by. The cycle continues. And I'm sure many of you can relate to this cycle of kind of binging and then coming back onto your um, your diet. And then binging again and coming back onto your diet. However it looks, it's some sort of cycle like that that is likely seeing you stuck at the same weight or creeping a little bit of extra weight on week, month, year after year. And so when someone says, well, what have you been trying? Well, you know, I went on this 1,000-calorie diet. Well, there's your problem. You're not eating enough. And it sounds logical to you because you go well, yeah, I was nailing my 1,000 calories week after week after week. We're very good at convincing ourselves and forgetting those times where, actually, no, there was that week or two in between where you actually rebounded and had a lot of extra calories. We very conveniently forget that out of the story. We go, no. Yeah, for week after week, month after month, I was just on a 1,000 calories every single day. And I saw a little bit of weight come on, but then it would come back off. Uh, and then, you know, the weight would go back off again, and then it'd come back on. I was just... Yeah, I can't seem to lose weight, and all I was doing was having a thousand calories every single day. So it seems plausible and logical to you that having not enough calories is the reason to why you can't lose weight. And again, it's marketing 101. The marketer or the person trying to sell you that product sees a you know fragility in you, some sort of um, you know place where they can kind of you know, attach onto your insecurities about kind of where you are on your journey. They see that you are massively low on calories. So it's like, ah, the problem is you're very, very low on calories. Here's my solution. And then they're going to sell you some book or sell you some process that will then help you get to, you know, achieve your goals, wherever that may be. Whether it's snake oil salesman or whether it is actually a legitimate program that's going to help you sustainably move forward, it's marketing 101. Here's my problem, let me help you relieve that problem, here's the solution, so uptake my solution, let me help you get rid of the problem, and let's have a result. It's how I work, it's how every single one works out there. Now, I believe I'm selling a very good program. It doesn't, you know, I never sit there and say, it's a magical cure. Mine is a very long, slow process, but my clients attain results month after month, year after year. If you come back to most of my clients a year from now, two years from now, most of them have still sustained their weight loss. They haven't gone on that usual up and down yo-yo um, kind of diet. It has nothing to do with your body going into some sort of starvation mode where it then just hangs on to every single calorie that you've got thinking, I don't know when my next meal is so I better um, you know hang on to everything you, um, you eat It has nothing to do with the fact that you're not eating enough. Anyone at the gym, you know, um, what I call him, Barry the Buffhead at the gym or Susie from Accounting that's talking this garbage, tell them to piss off. They have no idea what they're talking about. There is no amount of eating too little that will affect fat loss. Now, I'm not sitting here and suggesting that you should go and eat in a 1,000-calorie deficit I think that would be miserable. But if you think you can do it and it's going to help you achieve your goals, then I say all power to you. But understand fat loss is a long, slow process. There's no need to race to the finish line tomorrow. I don't understand. Well, I do understand because I understand a bit of human psychology. But you've got to get out of this mindset that this is some sort of race that you need to get to in some eight-week challenge or 10-week process. My 5 in 10 program is a 10-week program but it's not a 10-week program to get your goals in 10 weeks time. I'm very upfront about that when I start you know if someone kind of applies for joining my program. If you're joining my program to achieve your goals in 10 weeks you are not going to be a part of my program. I'm not going to be the coach for you. My 5 in 10 program is is a 10-week program that will teach you everything you need to know so you then can go away and do this program and this process and these habits that will instill over that 10-week time for the rest of your life and achieve your results over the rest of your life in a sustainable way, in an enjoyable way, and a way that's going to allow you to live your life by enjoying the foods that you actually want to have in your life rather than kind of being forced or kind of made to believe that you can't have the foods that really kind of talk to your soul or that you enjoy. You've seen my stories. You see me eating my ice cream. You see me eating my desserts. I still get my spoonfuls of that Biscoff spread. And over the last 13 weeks, 14 weeks I think we're in now, I'm down almost 8 kilos. You can have the foods that you enjoy, but they have to be part of the process mostly what i eat is nutrient dense fruits vegetables mostly plant-based foods some protein in there then obviously when i have some calories left over and when i've equated it into my calorie week i then enjoy some of the foods on the side it's not well don't take that message and go well adam says i can enjoy the foods i want so i'm just going to eat everything that i really really like There has to be some sort of sacrifice. There's a give and take here. Match your actions to your ambitions. You came to me and said, Adam, I want to be a physique competitor. I want to get on stage. The actions we take for that particular client are going to be vastly different to a single mother of two um, kids who's working three jobs says, Adam, I just want some more energy in my life. And if I can lose some weight on the side, that'd be great as well. Those two programs, those two clients are completely different. So to sit there and just say, one size fits all, this is what you need to do, is completely different. And the actions they're gonna need to take for their ambitions that they're trying to achieve are two very, very different and worlds apart kind of actions and daily actions they're gonna need. That single mother, couple of kids, working a couple of jobs, they're gonna have a lot more flexibility and they're gonna be a much longer time zone, um, kind of time period they're gonna be working over, whereas that physique competitor might go, Adam, I got 16 weeks, I gotta be on stage at 10% body fat, and so let's go. So two very different, um, as I said, approaches and two very different um, outcomes that we're trying to achieve there. So again, let's just go back and got completely off track there, but it kind of talks to my point in that a dark way of looking at this prisoners of war if you've ever seen them coming out of their um camps they're not overweight so if this idea of eating too little made you gain weight then wouldn't every prisoner of war coming out of a, um, a camp be obese it's not the ca- um, case the other one if you want to be a bit more lighthearted, ever watch the show survivor one of my favorite shows of all time if you've read my book you'd understand and you would know that it's one of my favorite shows of all time Every single one of them basically eats rice, and that's it. A couple other things obviously they get some um treats in there if they win a couple of um you know challenges and things along the way. but mostly they're eating a very um low calorific diet. they're very active, although they're sitting on beaches and things like that, but you know playing the games and scourging around and things like that, <clears throat> and they all come out losing huge amounts of weight. They're in massive calorie deficits. They don't have the ability to kind of binge on the foods that we just have access into our cupboards. Same as prisoners of war. They don't have the ability to bear massive calorie deficits. But it's not like, geez, I'm a bit stressed today. I might just go and reach into the cupboard and grab out you know some Tim Tams and a block of chocolate. If you're forced into a calorie deficit and I just locked you in a room and fed you 500 calories a day, I can guarantee you your weight is going to pour off you But that's not real life. Real life, we have access to food 24 hours, 7 days a week. And the situation we're in at the moment with the coronavirus, where we're all around home, it's even more important now that if fat loss is still your goal at this point, again, fat loss might not be the most kind of practical thing to be doing at the moment. We're a highly stressed environment at the moment. There's other things to be worrying about. People are losing their jobs. People don't know if they're going to have a house over there, um, a roof over their head um, because they've lost their job, can't pay rent. So there's other things that you're worrying about at the moment. So worrying about fat loss might not be the case, but it might not be something you should be looking at doing at the moment. But if fat loss is still something that you want to achieve during this time, that we're all stuck at home and locked indoors, then you even more so need to make the environment that you live within positive, to you achieving those goals. If you're going to the shops and buying plenty of those comfort foods that you love, your chips and your chocolate and your ice creams and you're storing them away inside your cupboards, these times where we're just stuck inside, you get bored, the kids are running up the wall, it's so easy just to reach into that cupboard and reach for those foods. So get rid of them fill your house with fruits and veggies and all those yummy foods that are still um, you know, delicious, they might not be as good as a block of chocolate, but there's still plenty of um, good foods that you can have that are gonna be a far better choice than reaching for those blocks of chocolates and chips and things like that. I'm not saying you can't have them, but they shouldn't be readily available and always in front of you and easily reachable, especially in these times where we're locked away in our houses 24 hours, seven days a week. So, to go back to the title, is you not eating enough the reason why you're gaining weight or you can't lose weight absolutely not it is a Susie from accounting myth just as I said look to a couple of examples one dark one lighter prisoners of war never came out obese survivor never came out obese they all lost weight in both of those scenarios and you can lose weight as well if you're not seeing results it's because you're not in a calorie deficit i got asked this today adam been eating a thousand calories every single day for the last three months haven't seen any results my response wasn't oh well have you tried this my response was because you haven't been eating a thousand calories every single day for the last three months you may have thought you were but in reality we are terrible at tracking our food even the best professionals and research has shown this time and time again when you ask people to calculate their food they overestimate sometimes upwards of 50 percent of what they're actually intaking so if you're having that thousand calories you could actually be having 1500 calories now via two ways you might just be completely negligent and completely um you know what's the word i'm looking for you know, not including everything that you're eating. you know That 3 three a.m. walk to the, the fridge that you eat that tub of ice cream and the entire family's gone to bed. You don't put that in your MyFitnessPal um, tracking. Or your, your kids don't finish their dinner, so you finish off their plate for them as well. You're probably not putting that in your MyFitnessPal tracking. There's so many times where you're eating things that you're just not tracking. Whether you're doing it intentionally or unintentionally, make sure you are tracking every single thing. And the other reason why people get it so wrong is they're tracking very haphazardly. A big one I see all the time is olive oil. One tablespoon, which is a very small amount, has 120 calories. Now, most people will track in there, uh, my fitness pal, I had one tablespoon of olive oil on their salad that night, whatever it might have been when in fact they actually swirled the olive oil over the top of the salad and then tossed it all in the salad and then put it on their plate, that swirl probably had four or five tablespoons of uh, olive oil in it, meaning you just had five, six, seven hundred 700 calories worth of olive oil added to your uh, salad when you're now just putting it into your um, app as 120 calories because one tablespoon has 120 calories. So you just go, oh, it's easy. I had one tablespoon. Well, no, you didn't. You had about four or five tablespoons. So the, and that's just one thing. If you say had half an avocado, well, was it a small avocado, a large avocado? And did you scrape it all out? Did you have, um, you know, was there some left in there? You need to be precise with this. Now, again, do you have to be precise for the rest of your life? Absolutely not. People ask me all the time, Adam, you're losing weight. You're doing great. Are you tracking your calories? I don't track a single calorie anymore. I haven't picked up my fitness pal in years. But when I first started doing this, I tracked every single gram on a calcul uh, not on a calculator, on a scale, tracked every single gram of food that crossed my mouth for two years straight. Everything. You may sit there and say, well, that's a bit of overkill, that's a bit pedantic. Yeah, but what it's taught me in that time. And really in the grand scheme of things, two years isn't that long of a time. But what it taught me in that time was all of the foods I, you know, routinely eat. And we all think we like we all like to think that we're having all these beautiful meals, something different every single day. We cycle through about 20 different meals throughout our lives. There's not there's not a whole lot of variety. So once you enter them into my fitness pal and enter them in as a recipe or a meal, so you don't have to enter them all in again, because we tend to make the same recipe. And so you're going to get pretty close when you say, I had the bolognese. If you then set that as a recipe, you're going to probably put the same one can of uh, tomato in there. It's probably half a kilo of mince. Then you mixed in some mushrooms. Then you had half a glass of red wine. Then some tomato. But, you know, it's going to be the same um, routine, same recipe that you have each time. So just save it and then it can kind of get spat out like that next time you having that bolognese, whether it's a week from now, whether it's two weeks from now, whenever it comes around in the cycle again, it's already there, saved, ready to go. But I did it for two years straight. So I'm very confident and know pretty much anything that I have these days, how much that dinner mostly has around, how much my lunches have and my different snacks that I like to have. And now I just work them into, I know that I need about 1,850 to 1,900 calories a day to put me in a deficit as long as I'm there consistently I'm going to see the results and I have been I've been losing about half a kilo a week I said I'm down about 8 kilos 7 sorry 7 kilos at the moment I've been going for 13 14 weeks there's your half a kilo a week and I've just been chipping away some weeks have been better some weeks have not been as, um have been have not been as good but consistently over that time as you've seen from the graph that I post on my um, page every single day you see that graph trending on the way down, yours can too. I would suggest being more sustainable at it. You know, I've lost seven kilos in fourteen weeks. Fourteen weeks isn't that long of a period of time. It's a couple of months. You there and you look at it now, it's like fourteen weeks, my God, that's after June. I can't even think about, you know, ahead next week. But think about where you were in January this year. Like how much has changed and how fast has that all gone in the blink of an eye? You know, three months, six months, twelve months will disappear before you even know it. So just be sustainable about it. Be consistent about it and just chip away at it. There's no finish line here. So take your time, put the effort in and over time, the results will come. That's another big thing. People are looking for results and they look at results over a one week period. But if you you know extrapolate it out, I am losing my head. As I said, it's late on a Sunday night. So if you push that out over a year. So let's just go. Someone says, Adam, you know, last week, you know, I did everything perfect and I'm really bummed out because I only lost half a kilo. You know, I get that all the time. It's something, some iteration of that all the time. I only lost this amount. I go, okay, cool, John. So you only lost half a kilo this week. Let's just say that you were able to hold that. You know, you said that's a crappy result. You would have liked more. John turns it, yep, yeah, Adam, you know, I just feel so deflated. I You know, I did everything perfect and, you know, I was hoping for a couple of kilos that week. And I said, okay, all right, John, let's just say you were able to sustain what you just did for the rest of the year. 52 weeks. And you lost half a kilo every single week. That's going to be 24, 25 kilos by the end of the year. Would you be happy if I said to you, in 12 months time, you would be 25 kilos lighter? There's not a person that wouldn't probably turn to me right now who needs to lose that kind of weight that would say that wouldn't say, I'd be over the moon losing 25 kilos in the next 12 months. And I'm pretty sure you would too. But you're just looking at the short term. Look at the long term. And in two years, that's 50 kilos. So if you're someone who has a lot of weight to lose, whether it's 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 kilos, look at losing, and this actually goes for anyone. If you're even looking to lose five kilos, which is a substantial amount of weight, especially if you're someone who is 65 kilos, a petite woman again, that just wants to get down and feel a bit trimmer, feel a bit more energetic, feeling fitter about yourself, really loving the body you're in, you want to get down to 60 kilos. Or you remember, you love to see a five on the front. You know, you're you going to get at 59 kilos. Five kilos is a substantial amount of weight for that person. It's 10% of their body weight. So whether it's five kilos or it's 100 kilos, my advice always is this. Lose one kilo and then do it again. Lose another kilo. Don't think about trying to lose the 10 kilos, the 5 kilos, the 100 kilos, just focus on losing one and then just repeat it that many times. So if you've got to lose 10 kilos, focus on losing one kilo and then repeat that process 10 times. If you have to lose 100 kilos, lose one kilo, repeat that process 100 times. You can achieve these results. You will achieve these results if you can be consistent and the way that you're most likely to be consistent is if you make it sustainable. A one Thousand calorie deficit is not sustainable. A 600, 800 calorie deficit is not sustainable. Two or 300 calorie deficit is sustainable. You're going to still have some rough rough patches along the way with something like that. But it's going to be much more sustainable and you're gonna have far less rough patches, meaning the likelihood of you staying the course for the entire duration of that um, time that you need to get to the um, results that you're trying to achieve is much more likely. So put in the work be consistent about it. Don't listen to Susie from accounting saying you're eating too little. That's why you can't uh, lose weight. It's because you're rebounding and having those big binge periods in between big um, deficit periods. That's just leveling out to show your maintenance over the kind of average period of time. <clears throat> so find a calorie deficit that is sustainable that you can do week after week, month after month, or year after year even to get you to the results you have. And I promise you, you will achieve your results. So... I hope this podcast has helped you guys out. I'm actually really kind of, you know, happy with how this came out tonight. As said, I was in a completely bamboozled mind state when this uh, podcast that I was meant to be recording went went awry. Um, and as I said, which just completely threw me for six. I just was like, oh my God, now I don't know what to do. I, I don't have a podcast this week. What am I going to do? It was the closest I've ever been to not recording one. I'd always made a promise that you'd always get a new podcast every single Monday. I'm really glad I sat down and made this podcast and kept my promise to you guys. So show me some love, guys. You know, if you do love these podcasts and you love the fact that I get them out every single Monday for you, hit that review button. Give me a positive review. Give me a five-star review on that as well. That would really help me out. And then let's jump in. And put it on your post, you know, get it up on your um, Instagram page, tag me in it and say how if you like this podcast, I really hope it's been of value to you guys and I hope you're all well, hope you're all safe. You can probably hear I'm a bit husky at the moment, I've had a pretty, um, or my, my daughter and I have had a pretty nasty cough the last few days, I'm surprised I haven't coughed on this episode, but um, I'm feeling a lot better. Late last week I was, I was, you know, very low energy, went to the docks, I'm all good, but i um, <clears throat> I've just had this really cough. I'm going to call it probably laryngitis, something like that again, because I've been doing a lot more talking because I've been doing FaceTime clients rather than in-person clients. It's a completely new experience for me, but it's probably just what's got me run down a bit. My voice has gone a bit uh, haywire, so I'm feeling much, 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 much better um, today. My voice is still a bit croaky, though, so and I'm still coughing a little bit. But, guys, I hope you're all safe. I hope you're all well. Stay indoors, stay away from um, people Keep that social distancing going For us in Australia, we are doing a really good job Our curve of kind of, you know, incidents And um, incidences of new cases um, Is certainly starting to flatten out Which is great for the rest of the world Keep at it keep pushing through, let's beat this damn virus and let's uh, get back to normal life so we can go and hug some people and give some people some high five and go out to our favorite restaurants and get back into the gym. So I love you all. I'll see you all next week and hopefully the following week I can record this other podcast that I was doing and we can get back on and you can have the great content that was coming and we can finish that one off. So guys, I love you lots. Have a fantastic week. I'll talk to you again. Ciao.